This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. They told me they wanted me to be a fighter pilot and um, couldn't deal. I thought, oh shit, I wanted to go in and, and my end goal is to save people, not to blow them up. Yeah, they just sort of said, yeah, look, buddy, like you're short and you've got a good brain and um, you can fly, so we want you to be autopilot. Couldn't deal with it, so I, I actually put a hold on my application and walked away and thought about it for a bit. In the meantime, my mates were getting their first flying jobs. And um, yeah, so I toyed with that for three years. Kept going back and there's just this horrible sinking feeling in my stomach that kept making me turn away. The world is full of amazing people and once a week I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum and this is Awesome Humans. For as long as he can remember, Jason has been hungry for anything focused on personal and professional development, creativity and innovation. As a little lad, Jason dreamt of being a pilot. However, his creative vision and ever-present as he thoroughly relished music and creative writing. Becoming a qualified commercial pilot after graduation, he realised he wanted to inspire people and make a difference in the world rather than just fly jets. So he decided to pause his Air Force career. It was during this period that Jason Story's arcs for his debut novel, The Exiled, came to life. Following his instincts, Jason met with a publisher and asked for a job. This led to, as he is known today as The Flash, an operations manager of Ocean Reef Publishing. Absolutely awesome to chew the fat with you today, mate. I'm welcome, The Flash. Thanks, buddy. Well, that was a nice little intro, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel like I, I don't even have to say anything now. There we go. There's your story. Thanks That's for it, coming. Tom. It's been a pleasure. No worries. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Mate, I always like to start this at the very beginning. So let's go back to the very start. What's your first ever memory? Oh, first ever. How ever. far back can you go? Oh, it's, uh, memory's always interesting, you know, it's, um, what do you remember from the videos that you see of yourself and the pictures or, or what you actually recall? Um, the first one that popped to mind, so I'll just go with that was, um, trying to convince, um, my Nana to stop smoking <laughs> by giving her, telling her, um, and I was, it was very heartfelt. I was going to give her my favorite car toy. Yeah. Um, for her to stop smoking, she didn't want it. So that's probably the first one. Devastating. That, yeah, it was actually devastating. Yeah. How um, old do you reckon you were? Uh, probably, I'd say three, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty young. And is that a memory you think that's stuck in your head, or is it something that you've seen on a photo or a video or something? No, it's definitely something I remember. You know, yeah. I spent a lot of time um, with my nana when I was younger, uh-huh. um, before we moved moved away, um, and. Yeah, it's just, it's actually something that sort of, I, I forget about, and then it just pops up at these random times like today. <laughs> That's cool. Like, memories are awesome like that. Yeah, and what bizarre. you'll find as we go through the process today is that you'll have all these other weird memories that come back in your head. And that's the sort of stuff we want to verbalize. That's the sort of stories we want to tell because they are things that you haven't thought of for 15, 20 years. It's like, it's really bizarre. It and is. It's such, a, it's such an interesting experience to go through this process. So, Okay, so where were you born? Where did it all start? Uh, I was born in a, it, it was a bit smaller back then, uh, in Victoria, in a place called Sunbury. Okay. Um, which is um, sort of just north of Melbourne, um, probably about an hour's drive north of Melbourne. Um, yeah, I was born there in the hospital and I grew up not far out from, from there. Okay. So they, when you say grow up, what, through infants and primary school or their whole life? No, actually. So um, I was about five years old. 
Um, we I grew up there in a, a little 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 tiny place called Lancefield. Yeah. Um, do you remember that place? Yeah, I do actually. Got, yeah, I've got fond memories of that place. So good memories. Yeah, good memories. Yeah. And I moved with mum and dad to central Queensland okay. um, on the coast. Why is that? Uh, dad was pursuing work. Okay. Um, so he's, uh, he works in the mines or yep. he did work in the mines um, at the time. So yeah, mum and dad packed up and everyone packed up everything and, and moved <laughs> from, from freezing cold um, country Victoria to the coast of Queensland. Yeah. In... in 35 degree and 90 <laughs> percent humidity, humidity yeah um and <laughs> that's where i grew zero up zero to 95 percent humidity yeah absolutely so what you got siblings yeah one little brother little brother so well, how old was little brother when you moved uh he would have been two or okay. just just before two so was this planned do you think before you sort of started school and all that sort of stuff or um, was just something you had to your dad had to do really Oh, you know i actually don't know i've never really asked that many questions about about it mm-hmm um, but I hadn't actually started school yet. So I'd okay. started like prep and yeah, yeah. that sort of things, but I moved straight into, um, preschool in Queensland. Okay. So Nana was still back in Sunbury? Yeah. A whole family. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So whole family. Picked up a big move. Yeah. It was huge. And did you drive? You remember? Or um, did you fly? I, now you're pushing the boundaries. I'm pretty sure... <laughs> If, I like to do. Yeah, I'm pre- yeah, good. <laughs> Pretty sure um we flew. Mm-hmm. Um and then you know the cars and that sort of came on the truck. All the stuff come later. All the cars. Yeah. So where in um Queensland did you move to? Uh a little sleepy hollow called Tannum Sands. Ta- where's Tannum Sands? It's um it's not very sleepy anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Um it's about 20 minutes south of Gladstone. Okay. On on the coast. Yep. Um but we we um, associate with Gladstone. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that then? Oh, look, T- Tannum's, you know, on the beach. Yeah. Um, Beautiful little country town. Totally. On the sand. C- country town on the sand is yeah. exactly what it is. Um, there's, there's two towns right next to each other. They're, they're on either side of a river, mm-hmm. Boyne Island and Tannum Sands. Yep. And together they had a combined population of about 11,000. Oh, okay. Um, so pretty small. And Gladstone, which is sort of about half hour away, is... Or, or still is actually yeah industrial so yep. so big industrial um, working town yeah okay so is that where dad was looking for work um good question I I'd say no because he actually worked a lot sort of all throughout Queensland you know through okay. like the Bowen Basin and Mount Isa and all that sort of stuff in the mines it's just a weird place to park yourself yeah isn't it like you look at it you come from a small little country town in Victoria and then you end up in a small country town in Queensland, yeah, it's like I wouldn't know where Tenham Sands was, so no. unless they picked it off a map. No, most and look, most people don't. You know, whenever I say the name, I don't yeah. expect anybody um, to know. Well, I think I've had two or three people in my oh, whole, really? whole life that actually know where it is. So wow, but yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. So do you? Um, did you go to school there? Is that where you went to school? Yeah, all the way through high school. Oh, really? Primary through to high school. So how was your primary school life? Do you remember much about that? Yeah. Um, Awesome. Yeah. I had a really awesome childhood. Like I really enjoyed being in um, Boyne Tannum, as it's called, Boyne yeah. Island Tannum Sands. Um, so I went to Boyne Primary. There was a bit of a um, competition between the other primary school, which was Tannum Sands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of friends. I actually have friends today that I still, still, we're still friends from, from, from primary school. 
preschool. That's and, amazing. Yeah, it? it's it's and it's I sort of forget um, that I've actually grown up, and you sort of think, oh, I've known that person for oh gosh, twenty something years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mate, I hit forty years this year. So a couple <laughs> of my mates, I've been playing. We played under five soccer together. Yeah. So like we're 46 this year and you're like looking at it and go, 41 years ago. It's like, and we still see each other every year. So yeah. like we catch up, but when you're with them, it's like you're five again. Absolutely. <laughs> My wife just shakes her head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So you, were you a jock? Were you a nerd? Were you just the bloke that everyone got on with? What were you in primary school? Uh, I, I'm, I've always sort of been the nerd, yeah. um, really. Um, I, yeah, always. I always got along with people mm-hmm. um, and interestingly, I never really, um, you know, bullying is something that people talk about a lot yeah. from, from their schooling lives and I don't know if it was because I, I would have been an easy target. You know, I was, I wore glasses and I had braces and I was a nerd and yeah. I played musical instruments and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I don't really ever remember being bullied. So I don't know. If I, I, it was that I was bullied and I didn't, I just didn't know because I was so carefree Okay. or if it didn't happen. But um, yeah, so I was a bit of a nerd, um, played instruments. Um, I worked really hard at school. Did you play had... the recorder? Yeah. Why the hell do they teach kids know. to play a recorder? I don't know. I don't. I never understood it. Nah. And also having kids myself now, all I want to do is snap it. So imagine what our parents went through back in the day. Yeah. You see, they'd actually feel sorry for him a little bit about that. I actually wonder if, because um, my dad's quite musical, so I wonder if, if he pushed me into a, a real instrument, he would call, <laughs> to get me away from the recorder. <laughs> I reckon that's probably true. I'd say it's true, So yeah. what instruments did you play at primary school? Um, so I actually, um, this is always surprising, I played tuba. Tuba. Yeah. The, the tuba would have been as big as Yeah, it, it was bigger. Yeah. Um, even like I'm not a tall bloke, so even even through high school and I actually pursued it for at uni for a year, uh-huh. eighteen months. Um, yeah, it was often bigger than me. Why the tuba? Um, it was kind of chosen for me. Ah, uh, okay. So you, you do the um the tests, you, they give you a mouthpiece for yeah. the instruments and you, you <laughs> see which one you can and I, I actually distinctly remember being devastated because I wanted to play um, either the clarinet or the saxophone because, yep. you know, sax is pretty, pretty sweet. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. sweet. <laughs> and then it came back that I was um, ideal for the, the tuba. <laughs> um, it was devastating. Devastating for you or your parents? <laughs> no. I actually don't know how my parents took it, but yeah. devastating for me because, you know, what I wanted. I wanted to play the sax. Exactly. It yeah. wasn't what I got. But it's not really cool when you um, then have to lug the tube around. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I used to have a trolley for it too, to wheel it around. So you would have been going, well, braces, glasses, and a tuba. Mm. Nice. But no bullying, so that's good. Yeah. That's cool. Got to love that. Yep. So you went through primary there and you, and you were pretty good, and then you went to high school, um, same, same area? or? Yeah, so I actually went to the local um, public high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, which had a really, really good reputation. Oh, it it was actually brand new at yep. the time. And uh, yeah, awesome school. We're, again, so lucky because our, our school uniform, I didn't realize that other school uniforms were actually like full blazers and, and trousers and, yeah. and polished shoes. Um, because of the temperature up there. Shorts and a polo. It was, it was like <laughs> microfiber shorts and a polo shirt. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I had an absolute blast in, in high school, I think. Um, I worked really hard. Yeah. Studying wise. Studying wise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I also have some of my fondest memories from high school, like hanging out with mates. Yeah. Um, because it, it was such a such an awesome place to live. You know, there's little country countryside out there. There's you know, it's not a huge amount of people. There's yeah. um, mates had dairy farms and and lychee farms like half an hour's drive away. So we used to go muck around on the farms. Um, nice. The best of both worlds, really, is farm and beach. And the beach as well. Like we all had boats. We were camping on the islands. And yeah. Yeah, awesome. Nice way to bring up a kid, mate. Yeah, isn't it? pretty lucky. <laughs> and so during this time, your dad's got much work? Are you moving up and down the coast or what's, what's happening there? So we, um, no, we stayed in the same house. Oh, okay. Um, mum, mum and dad. I mean, like when we first moved there, like in the first sort of, or months or so, we moved a little bit, just mm-hmm. renting, and then mum and dad bought a place, um, and they're quite uh, industrious, um, so they renovated a place. Okay. Bought and renovated, um, and we stayed in the same house for uh, probably about 17 years or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, dad was, dad was always working. Like, he was, he was the one that, that was up and down and all around yeah, and yeah. everywhere, but we were always at, uh, in the same house. So did you see him much during your childhood? Um. I yes and no. Like I, we saw him every week. Yeah. I'd say on weekends or whatever when he come home. Weekends, yep. and, yeah. But um, he worked really hard for us. Um, which is interesting. It's something that's sort of come up a, a little bit recently. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. People talking about um, sort of where we come from. You know, how our childhood and how our parents shape who we are. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and as I have my eyes opened. To what's in the actual world and how um, challenging and how different the world is, I think yeah, I really sort of have come to realise how lucky I was mm. um, to have my parents uh, and the life that we had. Yeah, of course. Um, but yes, because Dad worked really hard, so so Mum could look after us boys and and keep the house. And it's also interesting because it's just what you knew. Yeah, isn't it? Like Absolutely. you look now, and like I travel a lot for work. I do everything for my family. It's just yep. the way I am and who I. And my kids know, oh, dad's going away. He'll be back. Like one of those sort of, it's just normal. And I've been doing that for 20 odd years. Like it's hard. I think it's harder on me traveling than it is on my kids. Like it's harder on my wife, obviously. Yeah. I think the kids just get used to it. And they, yeah, I know dad will be home on Saturday to go to soccer with me or whatever. But during the week, he's just worked for the 18 hour days for five days to do what he has to do. Absolutely. It makes you feel lucky, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And I guess it's, it's cool f- to hear um, from your side because, yeah. you know, similar situation. Um, but, like, I don't begrudge dad or anything for it. Like, mm. I, sort of, I know he worked hard for us. Yep. Um, and, like I said, we had a, my brother and I had an awesome upbringing. Like, and I just didn't realise it until I moved away. Well, it's really interesting also because my next book, which, which you guys are going to look after for oh, me, yeah? which is Kids Aren't Born Assholes. Yes. Um, comes a lot around that whole nature versus nurture, yep. the environment you grow in. I was like you. I grew up on a small town on the central coast of New South Wales. Right. We had the beach. We had my mates. We had our footy. We had whatever. School was – I loved school. I was useless at it, but I <laughs> loved it. But I was only useless at it because I didn't give a shit. Yep. And I went there for the social aspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I knew I'd always make it. Whatever. I'll just yep. make that happen. But it's really interesting because then you look at some of these kids that were brought up in the city or wherever, and they're completely different humans. It's really interesting, isn't it? It is. And like, you know, if I was going to throw my two bobs on that, it was interesting for me um, moving from that environment to Brisbane because I I moved for uni and just how different it was. Like I found a lot of people, um, young adults that I met 
who I didn't think acted like young adults. And it was because my take on the situation was because they grew up in the city. Yeah. You know, every, it was all just so much. It was just, it's just different, you know, for us. Completely different culture. Totally. For us to grab a tinny, a boat tinny and, and cross the ocean to to an (laughs) island and go camping for four or five days. Yeah. Was just the norm. It's just what happened. Absolutely. Be home on Thursday, Mum. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> you know um, where we are. Yeah. Or you know, there's there was a, quite a lot of um, crown bushland behind Mum and our house. Yeah. So again, we just see Mum out in the backyard, out in the bush, disappear, <laughs> come back at dinner time. Yeah, exactly. When the lights come on. Yeah. That was, that was home. When time. we can smell dinner. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I feel sorry for a lot of kids that miss out on that. Personally. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so we're in high school and right. we, we're doing well in high school. So you're studying hard. Yeah, I did. And then, so how'd you go? Did you, you passed, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I did pretty good. Did um, you know what you wanted to be from the start? Yes, I did. From when? What age do you reckon you realised you wanted to be a pilot? For, forever. Like, forever. I, don't, for, I don't ever remember not wanting to be a pilot. Um, really? Why is that? I don't know. I've, 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 I've been asked this question so many times and, you know, I don't remember you know, some rainy Tuesday in 1992 <laughs> when I decided, I don't know. It just, I just always, that's all I wanted to do was, was just be a pilot. Be a pilot. What sort of like a commercial pilot or a, uh, an air force pilot or just fly planes? I think maybe that was my problem. I never actually decided what that meant. It was just, I was going to be okay. a pilot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of what I was working towards. So you go to you go to high school, you get good marks, mm-hmm. and then what did you go to uni for? What what degree did you decide to do? So I think this is where I fell off the bandwagon a little bit. Um, <laughs> not the tuba bandwagon, no, obviously. <laughs> no, definitely not. So I I wanted to get be a pilot, obviously, um, but it's really expensive, and the I, I wore glasses. Yeah. Um, and at the time the best way to do it was through the Air Force. Okay. Um, but the Air Force wouldn't take me because... Was your glasses? Because of glasses. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that's where I went off the beaten track a little bit. Yeah. The next best thing that I was good at, I mean, like I had good grades. Everything I did at, at high school was for, for that. You know, I did maths and physics and chem, um, maths B, extension maths, you know, all, all the... All because of the pilot. All because mission. of that. Um, and then... Maybe I didn't do enough research and realized that it wasn't going to work. I don't know. Just got to the pointy end and realized. Oops, forgot to read the line, cannot wear glasses. Pretty much. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I was also doing music and extension music um, okay. at the same time, um, plus doing all the extracurricular stuff So, which in music. Um, so, yeah, I just decided I did an audition um, at uni to, to, for music and I got in. So, playing tuba. Playing tuba. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I just turned my back on aviation. Um, I know it didn't work out though. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it crumbled pretty quick. Um, so you got a tuba scholarship pretty much. Oh, you went to uni for, to play music. Yeah. Yeah. So you've gone from all this hard work, studying all that sort of stuff to then actually go and play an instrument at university. And now you put it like that, it sounds a bit silly, doesn't it? No, but it's not. It's just life, man. Mm. It's just how things, how, how you do things. Like, to, you go full circle in life. Like, to me, life's seven-year lots, right? So you have seven years. And if you look back and go back in your seven-year slots, it's sort of pretty much childhood, <laughs> infants, primary type thing, then high school, 
and then university starting life, all that sort of stuff. And then every seven years, it sort of is cycles. So something happens in that period of time. Yep. Um, whether that's you completely change career paths, whether you completely change what you do, whether you go broke, whether you go rich, whatever, it always happens in these cycles. So if you look at it like that, then it's not a bad thing. No, and you're you're actually you're on the tuba cycle. Yeah, you're actually you're so true. I mean, this the cycles thing. You know, it's just having a quick count in my head, and and it's it's pretty accurate. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I went to uni. Uh, I moved from the quiet seaside town all my mates yeah um wasn't many of them you know because it because it is quite a um, working town working yeah. class they um, all got their trades and then went yep. and did the stuff they were going to do yeah basically so out of you know my, my mate mates um i think i was really the only one that went to uni um there was a couple of you know friends um chicks that went to uni as well but, mm -hmm. but all my mates stayed behind so i just up and left Moved to the big smoke, hated it, absolutely hated it. <laughs> you know, I went from a big house, massive house on the beach with, we used to, where we lived, we could actually swim across, across to one of the islands yeah. and it would be it's like five kilometers of beach and there'd be no one there because no one would be, because there's all sharks and people, you know. Yeah. They don't eat locals. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> so I went from that to my um, tiny apartment with a six bedroom apartment like one living area, two bathrooms, yeah. um, went, I mean, like I sound like a silver spoon, but you no, know, but went what from you used to. hearing the beach to hearing sirens. <laughs> Sounds like a movie now. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, New York City. Basically, well, I mean, it was for me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Went from sort of 11,000 people to. And did you travel much as a kid? Like when you were in um, Tanham, did you, did you travel much? Like, did you go to the city much or do I? Oh, we went to Brizzy every once in a while. Yeah. Um, our next closest sort of big smoke was Rockhampton, mm -hmm. which isn't that which big smoke. Which isn't that big smoke. Yeah. No, but it was to us. And um, our whole family was still in Victoria. So we, okay. we used to go down probably once a year. We drive. That's um, a nice drive. Yeah, it? it's big. Yeah. So I, it wasn't like I'd never seen that sort of thing before. No, but you hadn't lived in it. Nah. That was the big thing. That was the so big you go difference. on holidays to these places. Yeah, exactly. You don't live there. So... Yeah, moved down, hated it, um, really struggled because, um, again, like I was good at, at uni. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I started to realize that um, just because I was good at it didn't mean that I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, for the first time ever, I actually found myself not trying as much. Yeah. Um, and I, it lasted about 18 months and I just crashed. Um, I distinctly remember ringing my parents because we're all pretty close. Um, just couldn't do it. Didn't want to be there anymore. I was sick of it. 18 months is good, man. I lasted a day. <laughs> Maybe I'm a bit slower on the uptake. No, I think you're a lot more dedicated uh, than I was. No, but it, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you get to that point, finally get to that point and go, oh, I'll give it a crack. Yeah, yeah that's not for me. Mm. Okay, so we've made the call to the parents. Yep. How'd they take it? Um, Not well, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, so... I'd, um, I went full circle, as mm -hmm. you said. Um, and at that time I'd realized that there was an aviation, um, degree at Griffith, um, with sort of programs to go from, from the actual degree into internships, really okay, sort of thing, um, in, in the airlines. So I thought, okay, that's what I'll do. 
but there was no intake um, until the next year when it was sort of May, June. Um, <laughs> and I just told parents I couldn't do it anymore. That was it. I was going to throw in the towel and work for six months. So that was a bit hard for them to stomach. But I think it was the first time I really was like, no, nah, put my foot down. I'm not doing it. You made a decision for you. M- made an executive decision. Yep. Um, and you continue with that decision? Backed up? Well, I stayed where I was. Okay. Living, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, yep, quit uni. Um, I actually, this, you know, this background story that's there the whole time, I actually did a couple of courses in creative writing. Okay. At the time, in the six-month period. Why? Um, so when I was in, in high school and I was tr- studying really hard, yeah. I f- I, we used to go down, my brother and I used to go down and play in the mangrove swamps. Mm-hmm. You know, like, really awesome mud yeah, yeah um have big mud fights with our mates and that sort of thing and one of the we used to um because it's quite tidal there you know yeah. the, the the water moves sort of four or five meters um and it's really flat so you can watch the water coming in we used to build these massive sandcastles and try and see how long we could last <laughs> and it was about then that I, I came up with this um this idea we used to you know have stories for how the castles were crumbling that sort oh, of yeah. thing um, imagination and yeah, this story came out and, um, I found whilst I was at school studying really hard, the creative side of my brain was sort of working as well. And this story just developed, just, just come up with ideas and think, okay, where'd that come from? I'll write it down. It was good. You wrote it down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Cause a lot of, this happens to kids a lot and they, just, and they don't, they don't put, yeah, it just, just goes disappears. And, mm. So um, yeah, it was something that was always there. And then um, in my final year at high school, I actually, I actually started writing in my spare time. I wrote, um, I wrote a book, but it was pretty garbage. Yeah. And I, there was a lot of things I wanted to write about that I knew I had no idea, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. What does a 15-year-old know <laughs> about that? Um, so I actually put it aside. So it was always something that was always there. And, and then through... Um, music whilst i was studying music um i still sort of dabbled in that story that was just sitting there so so it's the same story continuing from when you were 15 yeah wow that's pretty cool yeah so um that's why i took on those creative writing courses yep and then come um february 2011 i was in in aviation i passed all the entry tests and full circle (laughs) seven year cycle so then when you say you're in aviation what you're now studying aviation yeah, so I went you and study a, to become a pilot. Is that the way it works? Yeah, so um, there's there's lots of different ways you can do do it, um, but I went into the Bachelor of Aviation, mm-hmm. which is a degree, and as part of the degree, they actually did um, twelve months at a training academy to get oh, wow. to get your commercial license. Yeah, so it was, it was like a four and a half five year course. Um, and you then became a pilot. Yep, and to fly like big seven four sevens and stuff. Yeah, basically. I mean, the the license I walked out with was a commercial license. Um, I had my my multi engine rating um, and all the instrument ratings, you can fly in clouds and at night and all that sort of stuff. So this is the dream you've had from a little kid. Yeah, I'm always going to be a pilot. Yeah. Do you remember the first day you actually sat in the totally. pilot seat and took off? Yeah. And solo. Solo. Yeah. Yeah. And was that Oh my god! I'm actually flying on my own. Yeah, the, it was like equal parts. Um, can I swear? Yeah, of course. Equal 100%. parts. Equal parts magic and um, equal parts just absolutely shitting myself <laughs> because there's you know 
600 kilos of metal and fuel wrapped around you mm. and you're traveling at a couple of hundred k's an hour through the airspace with other students in 600 <laughs> kilos of fuel and metal. Traveling. So were you more worried about them than you? Uh, <laughs> just worried about everything. You know, yeah. it's, there's so much that can go. I mean, there is and there isn't. I mean, but for students, you know, you're, you're so taxed. Your brain, for flying students, this is. Your brain's so taxed with all this stuff that's going on. You just forget the, the, the smallest of things and the smallest of things might be you forgot to, to change the fuel tanks over and you, okay. you, you burn one dry, you know. So <laughs> there's so much. But, yeah, magic. And so you're in the air. You're flying around. I, I love the fact that you're so statistical that you know exactly how much metal's around you, how much fuel. <laughs> it's just awesome. It's so nerdy. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. But the thing is that that's the dream. Yeah. And you're in there now. You finish university, you get your commercial license. You're sitting there going, hey, I'm going to go and work for Qantas now or Jetstar or whoever and become a commercial pilot? Yes. Or not? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and this is, this is, again, you know, this, this concept of maybe I didn't do enough research into it um, because... Well, when you're like six or seven, you don't really research anything. I'm just going to be a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, you know, diving into the into the actual degree, you know, it was, it was like, I, I think diving into the actual aviation degree was more of a, um, it's what I wanted yes. my whole life. Um, and suddenly the barrier, which was my eyes, wasn't a problem anymore. Yeah. Um, I didn't really think about it. I sort of just, I'm a bit of a, I focus like okay. my strength, my biggest strength and my biggest weakness is focus. Yep. Um, you know, I smashed the degree. I worked my absolute ass off for it um in a lot of ways i wish i hadn't oh really yeah because you know the way degrees work is you still get a piece of paper at the end mm -hmm. and i re distinctly remember this this one fella um early early on we were talking about you know i i, I never really liked talking about my grades yeah because it, it was a bit you know you feel like a bit of a show off because i didn't want to be a show off yeah, i worked yeah. hard for it but of i didn't want to but I remember having this chat with this one guy and he was so pissed off that he got 52%. But it, he wasn't pissed off because he got 52%. He was pissed off because he'd, he'd studied for 2% more than he had to because it was a 50% pass mark. <laughs> and That's so me. <laughs> and, you know, at the end of the five years or whatever, he we, got the same we still got the did. same piece of paper. Um, so, you know, in a lot of ways, I still like, oh, you know, should I, shouldn't I have done? No. But it wouldn't have been you if you didn't do it your way. Correct. That's the whole thing is Correct. everyone's individuals. Correct. Everyone does it their own way. People party, people study, people do both. Yep. So during all this time, yep. um, we haven't touched on partners and things like that. No. How did we go through high school and through like university and stuff? Did you have partners through that? So I had, um, oh, this will, be, this will be interesting. I don't think I've ever <laughs> admitted this um, on air. I had um, had a girlfriend through high school. Yeah. Um, and we were sort of the, um, oh, what do you, like the, the mum and dad couple. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like everyone was like, oh, yeah, you know. They're going to end up together they're forever. They're going to end up together yeah, forever. Yeah. The Jack and Diane. The, totally, <laughs> totally. And I think mum was, was probably a bit worried about it. Oh, okay. She was sort of like, there's a whole wide world out there, mate. Yeah, yeah. And um, we... So you went to school together with this young lady? Yeah. So I actually met her, total Jack and Diane, met her in, in <laughs> we were in opposite primary schools in the area. Okay. But we met through music, <laughs> music program. Come and see my tuba. Pretty much. 
<laughs> and um, then we, we went to the same high school. Okay. Um, and then we were together for nearly all of high school. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then we split up and I moved to Brisbane. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just did the bachelor thing for a few years. Had a couple of um, flings yeah. at, in music. Um, and then I went into aviation, was just cold turkey, not going to study. Um, that was it. Yeah. And then I, um, I jumped the fence. You jumped the fence. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, I dated a, a guy in, yeah. um, the end of my, the end of my second year at uni. Okay. Um, going into the academy. And so did you jump the fence or you're always new? Oh, yeah. See, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I, I still don't know what the answer is to okay. that. Um, oh, it's my best mate, right? Mm. He was married for 15 years. We got married in the same year in 1996, a long right. time ago. Yep. Anyway, and uh, 15 years later, I, um, he come up to visit me here on the Gold Coast. And I've jumped. I've got him in a headlock and like we're grown men for Christ's sake. And I've got right. him, I'm knuckleheading him. He goes, I've got to tell you something. I said, what's that? <laughs> and he goes, oh, I'm gay. And Timing. I, went, I just went, oh, thank fuck for that. And he goes, are you not devastated? And I said, what I've known since you were a kid. And, and then he goes, Oh, so I rang my wife and I said, oh, just um, see him Buddha's gay. And she goes, what are you two idiots doing? And it's like, no, he's finally. And she said, oh, thank fuck for that. Like it was one of those things that yep. everyone always knew. Yeah. He obviously didn't, but he did. You know yeah. what I mean? It's one of those situations. And then, um, yeah, and then now he's a very happily um, soon to be married man. Oh, to, awesome. um, to his second. So I'm going to be his best man at his first wedding and his second wedding. Awesome. On both sides. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? So you didn't know or you did know what you reckon? Uh, I think I did. Like, yeah. hands down, I did. Um, but maybe that comes back to m my focus, like to just shift the focus away from it. You know, it was just easier to just. Interesting. So you studied so hard so you didn't have to think about it. I think so. Um, but in saying that, like, I, because, you know, this thing, it comes up all the time. People yeah. always ask this um, because I have dated women in the past. But I don't think, um, I don't think I would still date those women. Does that, like, yeah, of course. So like, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't that I was lying to myself in those relationships. I think it was just more. I don't know. It's just the what time. it is. Well, mate, yeah. it's seven year cycles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you um, come out to mum and dad? Um, that we haven't yet. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. That was a joke. <laughs> um, I, no, it was that year. So yeah. that was 2012. Yeah. 2013, 2013. Um, so back still in 2013, it was still a pretty, I'm not going to say taboo subject, but it was, it was not as open as it is now. Totally. Is that a fair call? Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, and how was that coming out to mum and dad? Look again, just, I'm so lucky. Yeah. Um, bit of a bit of a story. Um, so you know, I'm pretty close with mum and dad. Yeah. Um, and your brother and my brother. Yeah. And um, you know, mum's mum knew something was up. She, she mum's mum. They know. <laughs> mum, um, it was coming up to my birthday, and you know, I'd I'd want to ask mum if we could family go out to a restaurant, and mum sort of asking, oh, so I should book for four, five, four <laughs> or five. Um, no, all right, okay, book. Finally, I gave in and said, yeah, okay, book for five. And then she started trying to guess who it was. And she was rattling off all these um, names of people, females, yeah. that I was at the academy with. 
Um, and it, she even got into the point asking if I was dating the instructors, like the female instructors. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right, come on. I, you know, I, I need to fess up. Yeah. No, actually, um, I was like, uh, I'm dating Joel. And God bless her. She's, she just sort of looked at me and frowned and thought about it. And you could see the, the cogs whirring. <laughs> it was like, has uh, she got like, blonde hair? Or like, <laughs> like, and the, the first thing she said is, is Joel a boy? And um, my dad was actually fixing the, the sink. Um, so he had his head in the sink <laughs> under the counters and he, he just rolled out and looked at mum like, are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> um, and that was it. And that was, okay, well, best we meet him then. Cool. Um, yeah, so. That's pretty awesome. That it? was so cruisy. Hey. That's, that's my parents. And you know what's really interesting? So many people get so worked up about that whole coming out, let's, if that's what you want to call it. Um, yep. But the parents 99% of the time would know because they know their kids. Yeah, I think. It must be hard. Like, I'm not saying it's an easy thing no, to do. No, it's not. And, it's, and I think it's not easy to admit to yourself either. Totally. Because you've then got all the questions going on in the back of your head. Yeah, I think I, the biggest thing for me and why I know I worked so hard through uni was because I felt that if I could be, you know, as perfect as everything, as perfect as I could at everything possible, then that, that one chip on my shoulder, mm. having to admit, um, admit that yeah. was okay. So that, that was probably why it's I put it off. Your brain yeah. Put it off for so long. Um, but you know, I've met, um, I actually don't have a lot of gay friends, um, but you know, I've met, fair amount across the years and few and far between have that story like mine. Yeah, a lot of them not. don't have a great story. A lot um, of them still parents don't know. Totally. Like I remember when, uh, when Buddha first came out and then he was starting to go to the clubs and doing all, he went completely off the Richter. As you do. But um, he was saying like a lot of the, a lot of the guys in the clubs are married men with kids and families at home and their wives think they're at business meetings yep. because they just can't admit it or they can't, which is really sad. It is. Really it sad is. and really hard. It is, yeah. Unfortunately. Indeed. And I think there's, yeah, like even, um, I'm totally okay with it, mm. um, but every once in a while, and, you know, this is my thing that I have to deal yeah, with. Course. Every Every once in a while, I, I do have a bit of a, oh, like, should I, should I say it or should I not? Should I, you know, like there's, it's just this extra thing that. that do you, what do you need to? For? I don't know. And and that's you putting pressure on yourself. Totally. It's not no one cares. No. <laughs> and no, sorry, they do, but no one should care. Like, no, no <laughs> who exactly. cares if you're black, brown, yellow, gay, straight, bi? Only thing I question I have, and I don't know the answer. All right. L G B T Q I. All those letters. Right. Do you understand what they stand for? Yeah. Come on. Um. What was it? L G. Lesbian. So, yep. Gay. gay bi. Trans. trans. Uh, in transition, I think it is. Oh, is so, that what the I is? Yeah. I never understood that. Questioning. And then there's like, there's so many more now. Yeah, yeah there's like 277. Of yeah, them. don't even. And then gender neutral. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, anyway, let's not go there. No. Could open a can of worms. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we're now decided we've got our aviation certificate. We've walked out of uni. Um, what are we going to do with this now? We've got our license. Do we go and drive or fly or do what do we do there? Yeah. So I think that was the, the next seven year big turn. <laughs> um, well, actually it was leading up to, cause I sort of had another couple of years after that, but it, it really happened um, when I was getting a, we, you know, my mates and I were getting um, 
our wings okay. from the academy. Um, so the, the structure. That'd be a pretty special moment. Oh, it was. It, it was awesome. Hey? So the structure of the, the program is you did a couple of years at uni, then did a year at the academy, and then you had to go back to uni for another year to finish off. Okay. And um, yeah, it was in that, that third year, so at the academy, that I, I suddenly realized that, well, not suddenly, it sort of just grew on me. You know, all the boys are talking about going to the airlines, um, long haul, so si- sitting in a cockpit and watching the plane fly itself for 14 hours or something. <laughs> I really, st- that's when I sort of was like, actually, that's not what I want to do. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's when the process started of me sort of trying to decide what it was that I actually wanted to do. So how old are you at that stage? Uh, I was 23. 23, yep. Um, You'd be surprised if many 23-year-olds actually know or continue to do what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. Totally. Mm. Absolutely. Especially these days. You yeah, know. of course. Um, anyway, so yeah, 23, um, I was starting to look into what I actually wanted to do and I was looking for the challenging kind of flying. Like I was looking at doing, um, going to Papua New Guinea um, where you know pilots die all the time oh, because – because of the just look at the bright side of life. I know. Um, and, you know, so many people tried to talk me out of it, but I was dead set that that's what I wanted to do. But really? then I realized that um, it was just sort of this transition thing. Like it wasn't where I wanted to end yeah. up. And what I actually wanted to do was help people. Um, so the, I started gunning for the Royal Flying Doctor Service. Okay. Um, awesome, challenging flying. You know, they help people. Yep, that started to fit. You know, the pieces started to fit in place. And, but it's really hard to get into. Yeah, it's of course. You know, hard flying. Um, the pilots are quite well paid and they love the job. So they get in and never leave. Um, and most of the pilots are Air Force boys, ex oh, Air Force okay. boys. So now we see full circle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's when I was like, all right, maybe I do need to look at the Air Force again. Um, and what about the spectacles though? Well, I did a lot of research, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, Because that's what I do. It's a surprise. Yeah, I'm sure you're surprised. (laughs) Um, And there's actually one type of eye surgery um, that the Air Force will allow. Okay. Is that Um, LASIK? No. Well, it's a form of, but not. It's PRK, it's called. Okay. Um, It's pretty intrusive. Yeah. Um, But given you could meet all these um, recovery criteria post-surgery, they would take you on. Wow. Um, So... I started the ball rolling with the Air Force, got knocked back because of my eyes, got a permanent fail um, because of my eyes. Yep. And then I, I'll, you know, I'll fix your little red wagon, <laughs> went off and um, got my eyes lasered. Yep. So it was pretty intrusive. They like burn the top of your, pour a liquid on and, and burn and scrape off the top of your eye and, oh. and then laser, laser it. And then you have to sort of grow all the skin back. Oh. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was. I had LASIK where they just. Like cut the bit off, peel it back, laser it, yep. and flick it back on. I was ready in two days. Yeah, so um, they, they won't accept that because there's um, scar tissue on the actual eye, which... Okay. Which if... <laughs> I've if, never, I never had any problems. If, I've got 20-10 vision. See, so. I, I, I wonder how much for this. But anyway, so they, they want you so to... Let's put acid on your eyes instead because that's know, a good idea. Totally. So that's what I did. Yeah. Um, how painful was that? Oh. It was, it was a mix of being uncomfortable and painful. Like, I wouldn't say it was so painful, the most painful thing I've ever had. Like having constant sand in your eyes, though, for yep. a while? Yeah. Yep. Like, you can't see, you can't close your eyes because it hurts, you can't open them because it hurts. Um, you know, I was inside with the shades drawn and, and sunnies on for five days, yep. couldn't read, you can't 
you can't do anything. You're just lying there, <laughs> trying to, you know what can't I mean? Watch Netflix. Yeah, eating painkillers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah, did that. Um, met all the criteria. Um, it was a big process. You know, you sort of have like a six month um worth of recovery yep. criteria you have to meet and going and seeing all the medical officers and writing all the appeal papers. Um, so Bob's your uncle. And now you're really just on a mission to tell them to get stuff because I can fix this and I'm going to join. You know? See, yep, yeah, you know me. That's exactly what it was, <laughs> I think, part of it anyway. Um, so in the meantime, I'd finished, I'd finished the final year of uni. Uh-huh. Um, I self-studied it. Um, without, I, did, I didn't actually go to uni because I was just like, yeah, I'll just do it myself. Yep. Um, and... Yeah, got the eyes fixed, um, reopened my application, um, got all the way through to the pointy end. So um, the, the next step was to actually go and show them that I could fly a plane. And they told me they wanted me to be a fighter pilot. Top Gun. And um, I couldn't deal. Really? Nah, because I thought, oh, shit. I'm actually, I wanted to go in and, and my end goal is to save people. Not to knock them out of the air. Not to blow them up. Wow. Um, and I, yeah, they just sort of said, yeah, look, buddy, like you're short and you've got a good brain and um, you can fly, so we want you to be autopilot. And um, it couldn't, yeah, it couldn't deal with it. So I, I actually put a hold on my application and walked away and thought about it um, for a bit. In the meantime, all my mates were getting their first flying jobs. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I toyed with that for three years. I wow. kept going back. Um, and I, there's just this horrible sinking feeling in my stomach that kept making me turn away. Um, you trust your gut. And then I think that's, that's when I first really started to trust my, trust mm-hmm. my gut, trust my instincts. Um, so I took, yeah, to fill out the rest of that seven year cycle was another three years of, um, just farting around with the Air Force. And so during that time, are you still doing creative writing and you're still doing courses or are you sort of just jotting down ideas as they still come into your head or you give that up as well? No. So, um, yeah, another layer to the story. I <laughs> story um, of many layers. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, I I was working as a commercial cleaner, um, contract commercial cleaner, mm-hmm. while I was at uni. Just pay the bills. Pay the bills. Worked. I mean, it was great hours because it was all after hours. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what I did. Um, then all my you know my mates started getting to flying jobs. Um, and the pay was crap. You know, like some of the boys were getting. 200 bucks a week, mm-hmm. um, flying six days a week. Wow. Some of them lived in tents um, really? in the hangar with the plane because they couldn't afford. There was, there was others that were sort of hot bedding um, <laughs> in, a, in a caravan. And you're going all right, making um, and, money cleaning. And I was scrubbing, you know, skid marks off toilet bowls. <laughs> um, and I think that was when the, my, the first sort of part of the entrepreneurialism started to kick in. Mm-hmm. I sort of I looked at what, um, the contract administrator was doing. I thought, okay, you know, he's making money off me making money. So um, I started to spread and then take on a bit more. So that's in the meantime, while the three years that I was trying to get into the Air Force, there was this this subplot there of me um, getting my, building myself up as a um, contract cleaning company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started to go really well, like probably way more money than I should have been earning at 24. Mm, nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, and um, I started to bring on contractors to do the work for me, um, and I had time, so I actually wrote the the first book, the one I'd been oh, working wow. on since I was you know fourteen, fifteen. 
So this is the one where all the ideas were jotted down throughout the life. Yeah. So how long's that? That's what we twelve years in. It was about twelve years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a long time. <laughs> um, and what what was the decision that you made? Actually, I'm going to put this into a book now. At twenty six. I I don't know. I think. Or like, had you finished it? Because you know you've been like putting bits down, and here's an idea, here's a concept, here's this. Have you like then gone? Actually, here's the conclusion. Did yeah, it all just come together like no, that? I mean, like obviously you've sort of sussed out the, the type of brain I am. I'd I'd spent the twelve years um prepping the plan, the whole, yeah. the whole thing. So, you know, start, middle, and all the subplots, all the twists, it was all there. The framework, you know, like yeah, a, the skeleton. All I had yeah. to do then was sort of just fill in fill the in. connective tissue and then the muscles and the skin and the hair and the that sort of stuff. Um and I had the time because the cleaning business was doing all right. Yep. So I did it. Get everyone else doing your work for you. Yeah, so. but I went in the office and wrote the book. Nice. Um, so you've written the book and then gone, how am I going to publish this? Or did you know that beforehand? No, nah, no. I um, Did you go down there, I'm going to self-publish this? No, I didn't actually. I didn't, yeah. I <laughs> wish I hadn't. <laughs> Would have saved yeah, me a lot of time. It's a, it's an inter- <laughs> that's a whole new kettle of fish, that, that, that industry. Um, I actually, I just... I know I'd written it and I was pretty sure that I was just going to do whatever it took. That's sort of, that's my motto, you know, I'll just do whatever it takes really. And I'll give anything a go. And um, I heard on the radio one day, some publishing company nearby, local, um, talking about one of their authors. So I, um, I gave him a call and that's Ocean Reef Publishing. Well, it wasn't actually, that was, that was Ocean when he worked for, sorry. Worked for um, uh, another company. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And I, I emailed and followed up because they had a, a um, seminar that I was mm-hmm. going to go to and, and learn about publishing and how I was going to get my book out there. And I never heard back. So I followed them up and actually got answered by Ocean, who had left at that point. Oh, okay. Um, and he didn't try and poach me. He sort of just said, look, I've moved on. I've started my own business. Um, here's the contact details if you want to get in touch with, with that company. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that's this guy's got a bit of, you know, I, I really respect that. Yeah, he, he, sure. he didn't try and poach me. Like, mm. I really, all right, I'll ask the question. All right, mate, you know, let me know. He had a seminar on, so I went to the seminar and the rest is history. Wow. Yeah. So you've gone, then you got published? Uh, no. Never published it? No. Why? Um, <laughs> good question. So Thanks. what I'm here for. <laughs> So I could pay the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, no. I, it's, um, okay. I didn't publish it because it's part of a series. Okay. Um, I got so busy doing what I've been doing yeah. that um, I was struggling to decide how I was going to market this thing and write the next books in the series as well. So I'm, instead of marketing, I'm just going to write them all first and then release them and market them. Okay. Um, in the and mean. then since, have you written uh, anymore? Yes. Or have you been way too busy? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I've written for, for the last um, probably six weeks, maybe, two months even. Um, the first one's done. It's in editing. The second one, I actually finished the edit of the second one first. Okay. So the second one's done. Yep. Um, and my plan is to, to finish the third one before the end of the year. Okay. Um, and then the fourth one, have it done by mid next year. That's the plan. So when are they going to be released? Mid next year. That's Mid the, next year? That's the plan. So when do I get to make the movie of them? 
Oh, hey! Now I, I get it early for going. the rights. All right, all right. Okay, all right. We can talk. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, it's really interesting now that whole process because that's one of the things that, like my my book, as you know, got pre-released in February this year. Yep. And then um, then I got told, no, nah, we're not going to release it until the second one's half written or or actually ready to go. And I was like, why would I do that? And they said, because oh, then you can get publicity off the first one, at the second one, and all that sort of stuff. And then they, I looked into the process. Wow. It's not real easy, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> and you can see how once your book is pub, once these books are published, you can see why they actually do so well. It's because there's so much work that goes on in the background, and mm. obviously you're a big part of that now. Why? So we're not we're not cleaning anymore. No, we're not flying well, anymore. We're still creative. Yep. Oh, firstly, what happened to the tuba? Where'd the tuba go? Um, I haven't touched it since. You still got it? No, 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 no Did way. You sold the tuba? No, I never had one. I just, oh, yeah, I loaned theirs. them because yeah, they they're they're sort of, I don't know, 15 grand plus. Yeah. An instrument. Wow. Um, and mum and dad weren't going to pay that. So you no haven't, way. you haven't touched one since you left uni? No, I haven't. So do you reckon you could still play one? Oh. Uh, yeah, you could. I probably could. I don't It'd be pretty ugly. <laughs> But um, probably could get away with it. With the yeah, tuba. maybe, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> true. Just make noise and it sounds exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Okay, so now, how the hell did this happen? You've gone. You were going to write your book. Yep. You've still got the contract cleaning company. Yep. And then, has Ocean just said, "Yeah, hey, you need to come work for me," or how'd this work? So, um, I don't know. It's it's. The, that whole this whole journey has it certainly throws up a lot of questions yeah. about you know what um what you believe in life and you know I don't know if you want to use the word destiny or 100%. preordained stuff yeah. or or whatever you know um I sort of put it down to I think all along I knew what I was supposed to do it just took me a while to trust well you're doing guts. it as your underlying story yeah if you look at it back from the start like 14 15 I'm gonna be a pilot Hey, but there's a really cool idea for this book, and I can do yep. this, and like that whole creative flair has been there since day dot. Yes, and I think there was there was a huge shift for me around 26 mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, I was still trying to go for the Air Force. Um, I, the book was happening. You know, I was getting the book edited, my book. Um, I just met Ocean. He was a fledgling company. Um, he's doing well, you know, because he had he has a really good reputation, a lot of goodwill. Yeah. Um, just all around great guy. And, you know, I think that's why a lot of people choose to work with him. And I had been, you know, mum and dad had been self-employed since forever. Um, and I'd been running my own cleaning show for a few years. And I, I just asked him a few questions, you know, why was he doing something like that? Like, that's dumb. Yeah. Um, don't do that. And, you know, I challenged him on a few things and I think that sort of got him thinking. And um, him and I just, we get on like a house on fire. It's actually bizarre how well we get on. You're like an old married couple. We, we really are. <laughs> um, it's really crazy. It's just, honestly. And he's just so different. I know. Like oh, total, hilarious. total Completely yin and yang. Op but it's, it, that's a good thing though. Yeah. Like complete opposites attract, obviously. Totally. And I bet you he's not your type either. No. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> and but it, I just find this so amazing that you both get on like old married couple and um, it's just such a good relationship. It is. It's, it's just, amazing, just it? awesome. And so he challenged me a lot. So he was the one that, that I mean, we challenged each other. He was the one that sort of pushed me towards, um, did I really want to blow people up in the Air Force? He was sort of part of that, that final yeah. decision. Um, he made me read a couple of books that um, some big 
celebrities attribute their success to. Okay. Or not their success, but the mindset behind the success, you know, the alchemist. Mm -hmm. um, which, uh, yeah, that, that actually pushed me over the edge. Okay. Um, because that was part of, that was me going, oh, you know, that, that feeling in my gut's actually trying to tell me something. Yeah, of course. Um, I should probably listen to it. And since then, I haven't looked back. So I cancelled my um, application with the Air Force. Cancelled? Yeah. Not on hold anymore? That, no, that's Gone. it. I, that was a big day for me. Yeah, massive. Celebrated with champagne. <laughs> um, and I, I think what I'm trying to say is the big, big thing with Ocean is that he made me realise, whether he intended to or not, he made me realise that all these little things that I was trying to fill, these little cups, let's say, I was trying to fill in everything that I did, you know, um, the the pilotings, you know, pursuit of excellence and perfection, and um, the mathematics and the the thrill of flying and the creativity and the innovation in business and you know all these little things that make me the charity side trying to help people wanting to with with the Royal Flying Doctors. Um, I didn't have to that I could actually fill all of them at the same time. Yep. Um, and I think that was the first time that I really just had like a holy shit moment yeah. like i can actually do all of this yeah um and that's when i started mapping what it is that i actually wanted for my life um and just so happened publishing fit in with that so when you sit down and map what you actually want for your life yep are you an entrepreneur well i'd say so yeah so when you look back at the first thing we discussed mm. you're trying to negotiate with your grandma yeah, a car to oh, quit awesome. cigarettes. That's awesome. You look at that and go, actually, you've been an entrepreneur your whole life. And charity. I was trying to do a good, trying 100%. to make it. Yeah, wow. You're doing good for people. But the thing is, you've got to look at this stuff. Kindness wins yeah. in the end, no mm. matter what happens. Look at the reaction your parents when you came out. They were kind. There wasn't the reaction you were expecting or anything like that. And if you look at all this stuff, it's all about kindness. It's mm. all about negotiation. Is all about telling stories. Yep. Everything we do in life. Is all about telling stories. I run a storytelling agency, which is actually an IT company, because we just tell stories. This is how you deliver something: is this story is a start, a middle, and a finish. It's how projects work. That's how life works. Yeah. And if you look at your story, and all the bits, the ups and downs, and ins and outs, and all that sort of stuff, it all comes to where the conclusion is, right? And that conclusion is finding you yep. and mapping what you want to be or who you want to be. So when you've now sat there and gone, actually, I realize what I want to do, mm -hmm. how's that feel? Yeah, really good. I've been, um, and that's when the focus, you know, I said about yeah. my, my focus, that's, that's, um, that's really come into effect in the last couple of years. You know, I had a bit of a conniption at 26. I was like, <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've floated around for all these, floated around by, by targeting something and just gunning for it until I got it and then realizing that okay, that's not what I wanted. And then, you know, for, for 26 years, what was I going to do with my life? Yeah. Um, and then the couple of years since, it's been totally different. Mate, it's interesting because the main reason I wanted us to do this, and it's been a while coming, we're going to do this yeah. a while back, Yeah, is the fact the feedback you gave me on my book. Right. When, whenever, And you probably don't remember this. No, I do. You, you wrote an email back to, to my assistant and you put in there, this is actually a really good book. Mm -hmm. And I've just gone, oh, fuck. Okay, let's let's have a look at this now. Yep. And then there was a number of things you wrote in there that were just spot on. And I'm sitting there going, actually, his head works different than anyone else's that's read it, right? Yep. I had people look at this, read this, do that. And the way that your brain works is actually really similar to the way my brain works. Right. Which there's not many people in the world like us where 
it's not just one thing. It is all the cups on the table. And actually, fuck it, I can fill all those cups. It's not just I have to have one big cup. Yep. Lots of little cups. And yep. those sort of those sort of things actually is what makes you work. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the good thing is now you're still young. And like your life's just starting now. And to do what you're doing now and to be good at what you do and know you're good at what you do is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's I just think it's it's something you should be really proud of is is I understand when I found out what I actually do, it changed my life. Like everyone used to say to me, Oh, you got your finger in all these pies and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, Yeah, but that's just the way my brain works. Like it's not I don't even look at it that way. Um, actually, no, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> I do stuff. I've got people that help me get stuff done now. And I sit there and go, actually, they're way better off at delivering that. I'll do my bit that I'm really good at. And then let's make some magic happen. And that's exactly what you've done by hooking up with Ocean. Yep. And the thing is, you never know. You might be with Ocean for the rest of your life. You might be there for three or four years. You never know what happens in life. Mm. But at least now you can put a smile on your face and you can sit there and actually say, well, this is what I want to do with my life for now. Yep. That'll change. Seven years comes up, mate. Yeah. It like, always happens. Yeah, absolutely. So what's on that plan? Um, well, everything that I've been trying to do, I just didn't realize it was part of the one big thing. So yeah. um, my plan is to, I don't want to give too much away because it's a really good idea. Um, <laughs> and I don't want someone to steal it before you know I get what? there. There's two types of people in the world. There's doers and gunners, mate. Yeah. There's all these people that are going to do this and going to mm. do that. And, gonna, and then there's the doers. People actually have a crack. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many people out there with ideas that never do anything with them. I know. So if you've got a great idea, have a crack at it. It will work. Um, yeah. So I've got some some stuff in motion. Yeah. Um, slow stuff first, mm-hmm. um, obviously, because the publishing side of things is yep. just exploding at the moment. Good exploding. Um, the I've got this um, concept for um, aviation-based charity work. Awesome. Um, that's that. that just fills me with joy even talking about it. Yeah. Um, so, and this is what I mean. It's, it's, it's part of this, part of my story was I thought that was it, but it's not it. It's actually just part of the story. A little part of it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've got that. I've got my books, obviously, which is still a big part of me. Um, the innovative entrepreneurial side, I, I'm actually, without, without being too much of an, an idiot with a big fat head, mm. um, I'm actually pretty good at it. And it, it's, it's not being it, an idiot with a fat head, mate. It's just talking yourself up. Thanks, buddy. Seriously, it's um, fucking awesome. You gotta, you gotta be like proud of yourself. And the other thing is, as long as you're comfortable with who you are, who gives a fuck what anyone else thinks? Yeah. So that's the hardest thing to get past, especially in this business, right? Especially in this entrepreneurial business, is the fact that always everyone worries about what other people think. When mm-hmm. you can get to the point like I am right now, I just don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. I'm happy with myself, and I'm I'm comfortable with that. I don't care. Yeah. I think it's tough. It, oh man, look, uh, totally. The last six weeks have been really, oh, actually probably two months I'd say have been really rough. Like yeah. naysaying, um, negativity, uh, people having a crack um, and it's rough. Yeah, it is. And like I say to my partner, I say to Stephen, you know, anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, like. It's hard work. World's thickest skin, my friend. Oh, and, and I'm getting there. I yeah. think I said to Ocean, you know, because I'm a bit of a softie. You know, I, I get along with people really well. I like people. I like working with people, like yeah. talking with them, you know, understanding them. That's my big thing. I like understanding people. So when I, when I get fronted with this, this aggressive negativity, it hits me pretty hard. Of course. Um, I think, and, and sort of Ocean's a lot like you in, in that he's, he's done. He's got to the point. He don't, he don't, he don't care. 
you know, somebody comes at him, he just sort of shrugs and that's it. Whereas yeah. I'm, um, I can see that I'm getting, I still get hit by it. Yeah, of course you do. But the, the speed at which I find uh, who I am, reaffirm who I am and go, yes. yeah, actually that has nothing to do with me and move on is getting quicker. Yeah. Mate, the Mark Manson book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. When you sit and you actually realize that you have one bucket of fucks to give <laughs> and it's only then you get to the point where you think, shit, I've given half of them away. Yeah. 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 I've only got half my bucket left. Yep. You're really conscious about where you give a fuck about, right? And the same as what other people say and do. Hang on, is that my fuck bucket? Nah, nah. And when you get to that point, oh, it's heaven, man. Like it's one of those things that you really get a good understanding of. But at the same time, you're young. Yeah. Man, you've got a long time to go in this space. Yeah, hopefully. Well, you have. Yeah. And you can see it now. Even just it's funny when you, your face changes when you talk about entrepreneurism and all the shit you want to do, like the biggest smile and you're just like really joyful about it. It's yep. not even happiness, it's joy. Yeah, it is. And and it, it's it's one of those things that you should just, just embrace it. Lots of people get bitten and then don't go back. I think, and that's a big thing, and, and just to go back on, on what you said before about um, the book, mm. I totally, totally um, resonated with your book because um, I have so many like stupid stories, <laughs> stupid failure stories of my family. It's not stupid enough to put them in a book. <laughs> I probably would, you know, yeah, because yeah. Uh, about failure yeah. and how my family treats failure. Um, I actually think they set me up for failure, Yeah, but in not the way that people think that I say that uh -huh. because I don't treat failure like, like you. Mm. And that's why I connected with your book was because, um, I, I read that and was like, oh yeah, okay. That's the difference. That's because I don't, I don't, I treat failure as a step yes. in the process that I need to, to use to figure out what actually, how do I fix that? Learning experience. Totally. So I actually, um, you might, you might like this, you know, cause I know authors like to hear, um, stories relating to their books Yeah. after doing the appraisal on your book. Yeah. Um, we have a 19, you know, my family has a 1970, um, we can't decide if it's a 1971 or 1973 ski craft, um, boat. Okay. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful beast, big V8 in it. Yeah. Um, dad and I rebuilt the engine uh, when I was in high school and still going, you know, it's just, it's older than me yeah. by decades. <laughs> and yeah, let's calm that down. I'm that old. Sorry. That's fine. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, so after I did the appraisal, I finished up that week, that week, um, that weekend, we took the boat out to, um, one of the dams because there, we had a few issues, a few leaks and by few, I mean, like it was, <laughs> it was going to turn into a submarine. Uh, oops. And so we, dad had spent the, the winter, um, patching it up, took it out there and I, I had the dog with me. So I actually wasn't in the boat, but I was watching my parents, my family reverse the boat down the drive, down the boat ramp into the water, arms flail, holy shit, get out of the water, it's sinking, get it back up off, fix up, pop, you know, cover up a few holes, back down the ramp. And they did it like six or seven times. The whole time there's all these, and I say kids, you listen yeah, to me yeah. go, I, all these kids on all their jet skis. Yeah, yeah. You know, just looking at them like scoffing and carrying on. And that's when I was like, this is, this is it. This family has set me up to accept failure yeah. um, as just part of the process. Like, just keep going. 100%, mate. And, and never stop. Nah. 
And especially when someone, and it's quite funny before when you were saying about how you just had to then do that because like with the Air Force, just because they said, no, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. So I put acid in my eyes just to, just fuck you. Yeah. So (laughs) that's quite funny, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Thanks for the feedback. Much appreciated. No, that's all right. (laughs) So what's your greatest achievement in life? Obviously, wow. you've got a long way to go. You're only young. Yeah, man. But still, you have to have something that you're most proud of achieving. I think, I don't know if, I mean, I feel like I've totally been put on the spot. I don't know if I actually have Good. one, um, yeah, <laughs> one specific achievement. Um, you know, because there's nothing, I, I try really hard to not have regrets in life. Yes. Really, really hard. Um, and I don't, I don't think I have, there's moments where I think, yeah, I probably could have dealt with that better. Um, you know, and as long as you go back and apologize and, and, and say, yeah, I probably could have done that yeah, better. Yeah, put your hand up. Yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, I, I stuffed up. Um, I think is just the biggest achievement for me is just keep going. Um, for like that, I don't it's an interesting question because my, my whole personality is built around setting a goal and, mm-hmm. and doing, you know, I said about the focus, you know, I just yeah. laser focus and get it. And then I'm like, okay, next. Um, so that's just who I am. But I think there's, there's multiple things, you know, like I, I ran a half marathon last year um, and completely surprised myself. I, I didn't, I felt like being like a jerk. I didn't do a lot of training. Um, I didn't, I sort of wanted to pull out a couple of weeks out because I realized I hadn't trained. Yeah. Um, and a mentor said to me, just give it a go. It'll be ugly, um, but just keep going. You'll and finish. I thought, yeah, you know what? I, I, I can do that. So I did. And that was an awesome achievement because yeah. nobody else got me there but me. Um, same as, you know, I'm really, really, really proud of how our business is going at the moment. And, um, I'm just, I'm just sort of coming to that point where I'm like, yeah, I actually, like I had a pretty big hand in that. You know, I can, I can, I can accept that. That's a proud moment, isn't it? That is a proud moment. So mm. I think just overall, like I'm, I'm really, what I like most about me is the tenacity, just the keep going. Love it. So the, the greatest achievement is the ability to keep going. I think so. Yeah. hundred percent. No. Who's the biggest influence or who's the person? That's the most influence your career or you personally? On on me. Yeah. Who's had the biggest influence on you? Um the biggest influence on me. Or who has influenced you the most to get to where you are right now? Good question. You got good good questions that I've just never even <laughs> thought about. But this is the whole idea of this because this is all about you, right? Right. And the thing is you sit there and go, actually, Ocean's helped me. My parents have helped totally. me. Uh, partners in life have helped me, whether it was the young girl going through high school and my Jack and Diane moment or all those sort of things or was it actually was the dude that helped me with the one of my mentors that helped me get through a, a race? Yeah, I don't know. I think – so the first, when you ask the question, the first one that pops up is mum, obviously. Yep. Um, I have a really, really close relationship with my mum. She's just, I can, I can go to her and like drop a bomb on her feet and she'll be like, she'll take a moment and then ask if I'm okay. Like she's just. And then ask if Joel's a girl. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, Such a mum. I love it. I know. <laughs> Isn't it good? <laughs> so there's everything about mum is, is just so comforting and so supportive. I know, like I know as an entrepreneur yeah. or someone who pushes the boundaries, 
I can do that and then come back and be like, yeah, fucked up. Yeah. And she's there. So there's that. Um, Ocean as well, obviously. I think he, like, because we challenge each other every day. We're always, we've never fought, we've never had an argument, but we're always sort of pushing the boundaries with, with yeah, each good. other, which is supposed to be. Great so, business relationship. So that's a great business relationship. And, you know, I do have to thank him for helping me get over that last hurdle with the Air Force. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, and this, I hope this doesn't come across too wanky. Um, at the end of the day, I always ask future me. Yeah. What would future me want me to do in this moment of time? So if I, if I look at who I, I want to be in 15 years, will he approve of what I'm going to do right now? Yep. And if the answer is no, well, then I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Um, and, Interesting. And that doesn't mean like I can't not be productive. Yeah, of course. Um, if I need to have a beer and chill in the pool, then that's okay. Mm. But yeah, I think I always check in with future me. Always like look myself in the mirror and go. I like that. There's a yeah? book in that. Yeah, probably. Future me. Future me. Okay, so really good intro to my next question. All right. What would you tell you as you right this moment sitting here, the 15-year-old you? Um, just keep going. Yeah. Don't give up. Would you um, say go through what you went through? Would yeah. you say become a pilot? I'd earn say your wings. Nah, I, I would. Yeah, I'd say I'd probably ask myself to follow my gut sooner. Yep. I think um, that. I think all of us really have to do that. I think so many people just ignore what their instincts are telling them. Right, trust your gut, not your head. That's and what I always so, like. like in, and I'm sure you're exactly the same. There's so many business decisions I've I've made from the seat of my pants and going, mm, yeah, let's just do it. Mm -hmm. And that worked out a treat. Of course. Um, the ones you think about it too long don't work. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I think it was pro it'd probably be that. Just trust my gut a little bit more. But, I like but um, I, I, like I said, I don't like regrets. And, and I wouldn't be who I am today without having gunned for all those little things along the way, you know, fi to figure out who I am. Okay. I always finish these things with quick fire questions. Oh, okay. all right. Shit. Favorite food? Oh, wasn't fast, was it? Thai. <laughs> Thai? Yeah. Favourite song? Oh, man. I can't answer that. Yes, you can. No. Everyone has one. One song. Oh, no, I can't. One song. All right. It's going to be a very long podcast. We're yeah, it's going to be to really. Oh, but. <laughs> I don't know. I have. I What's go the go-to? There's always a go-to song. Mine's Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. Oh, nice. So okay. No one would ever pick that for me. And no. It's just one of those songs that's just my go-to. Okay, I've got two. Do you want? Okay, do you I want, can have two. Do you want the 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 party the party one or the um the? Let's go party first. Okay, so the party one is um, if we're ever in a good mood, the one I just have to listen to is um, I'm showing my colours here. Americano by Lady Gaga. Yeah, very very good song. Good mm -hmm. song. What's do you know it? One? I do. Okay, good good. Yeah. Um, the other one is I love Lady Gaga. I just want to throw that oh, out there. There you go. <laughs> Big fan. Oh, I love her. Seriously. <laughs> Um, the other one is, this, this will show you the dichotomy, is um, whenever I'm really stressed and mm. I just need to like, um, there's a waltz by um, a composer called Kachaturian. Okay. And full classical. Yeah. So imagine me in my little white revved up car, <laughs> tearing in and out of traffic with... Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. So we go from Gaga to a Walt. Yep. Love absolutely. It. I love it. Where's your favorite place in the world? Oh, on the beach. There's Just chilling. Oh, there's this like my my place in my head is um back home, central Queensland, on the yeah. coast, swim across the island, um, you know, five kilometers of beach by myself, sitting under the she oats. That's so can you do that? Like your brain works really fast. Okay. Can you sit on by yourself and with nothing around? Does your head let you do that? Yeah, totally. So is that do you meditate? Um or do you just block everything out and just enjoy you? See, meditation, that's a good one. I haven't it's something I've thought about a lot, but I've never actually done it. Okay. But um I've got a I've got a pretty good imagination, so I can just I go to that place, just so you, disappear. You, in effect, meditate without actually. There you go. Actually, doing name it. against it. There you go. Okay. The question everyone wants to know. All right. The Flash. Okay. So Ocean Reeves always wear a Superman shirt. Yes. Which I take the piss out of him about all the time. Yep. Why the Flash, and where did the Flash come from? Um, it's funny because you've got your Flash shirt I got on. My I flash shirt it. on. Yeah. I just just hit it <laughs> hit it under a little jumper. Um, actually, Ocean was the one that came up with. Um, the name for me. Mm-hmm. And I, at first I was like, whatever, you know, just <laughs> no, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a better superhero. Yeah. But everyone around me was like, it's so apt, man. It's so apt. It's so you, it's so you. And I'm like, what? It's not. But um, I think the more time I spend with the flash, um, I can, I can see it. Um, he's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, he, like what he stands for is belief. Yep. Um, and that's totally me. Like, I believe I can do whatever the hell I want to do. Um, I, don't, I don't know how I'll get there, but if I want to do it, I'll get it. Um, so that's, yeah. That's where, it, that's where it comes to. Yeah. Mate, well, I really, really appreciate your time. That's and right. thanks so much for spending some time with me. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. And thanks so much for your story. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. It's been, um, it's been a lot of fun. Excellent. Thanks, buddy. See you. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. What an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macca and look out for more Meteorate podcasts.